Hey! Yo, yo, yo. Hey. What's going on, boys? What's going on, gentlemen? Hello. Okay, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Pretty good, man. Okay, good. Uh, hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Today, I am joined by Boris. What's up, everyone? And Milos. Hello. Did I say that right, by the way? Yep. Right oh, right. good. Okay, good. We are here to review the latest or possibly last, I don't know how much of a backlog Disney has of the 20th Century Fox ship, the latest 20th Century Fox release, Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds and Jodie Comer. So, um, what? why don't we just go around the room and give our quick thoughts on this one? Why Boris, why don't you go? Sure. Um, yeah, I think I saw a trailer for this when I went to see some other movie, and it might have been Black Widow or something else. I don't remember. Wasn't sure. Uh, the trailer looked pretty good. I liked the concept. Wasn't sure what to expect. And honestly, the movie left me mind blown in a way. So totally unexpected what came at the end. And uh, yeah, pretty good. Nice. Milos. So I generally, I try to avoid trailers at all costs. Just because I feel like they give too much away. They very but much do. As, yeah. Especially if you constantly watch movies. You can just pick stuff up as you watch the trailer. So I try to avoid that. But as far as the free guy goes, this was actually one of my probably most anticipated movie of the year. I was wow. really looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. All the other stuff that was coming out, probably Dune is the only one I was as pumped to see as free guy. Oh, I nice. really had high expectations for this one. And it did so much better than I expected. It was so, like, even though I saw the trailer a couple of times with all the cinemas I've been to this year, it just kept popping on over and over, so I couldn't avoid it. But as, at the end, my mind was blown. And I expected good things, but I did not expect it to be this good. Yep, yep, agreed, agreed. Yep, I have to go. I think we're going to be pretty positive all around on this one. <laughs> I, uh, I, um... You know, I generally like Brian Reynolds stuff anyway. I mean, especially post, I mean, Deadpool alone will get me to see anything he makes now. Um, yeah. Uh, I've been a fan of those Hitman's Bodyguard movies. And uh, I, I was pretty positive about this going in. My one concern was that he's kind of, you know, so much of his stuff lately has revolved around that R-rated humor thing that I wasn't sure how, you know, if he could still do it without that and whether that the way he chose to play that character would get sort of annoying over time. And he manages not to do that. Um, it manages to be, he finds some strange combination of like being really earnest and, and positive, but he still is able to get the jokes in and kind of the same way minus the profanity. Um, and I actually, I'm not a huge I do play video games, but I'm not a huge player of stuff like GTA and things like that. So I was familiar with a lot of the tropes this hits enough to get laughs out of them. But I'm betting there were uh, even more subtle in-jokes that somebody who is not me would probably get more. 
Yeah, there's a lot of Halo and Red versus Blue jokes in there and references that only people who follow Rooster Teeth for years will notice. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of those probably went over my head, but the uh, but the general tone of it was, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I wasn't as my wife drops one of her wheelchair foot pedals on the floor. Sorry. <laughs> so good. Um, okay, so let's just try to run through the plot kind of quickly. I don't want to give away the ending or anything, but basically this begins with we meet Guy, who is basically a, a bank teller. Um, and you basically find out as it goes on that this bank is constantly robbed and they just all sort of don't really even react to it all that much. And, um, it's you know, our daily grind. Yes. Yes. Just yes. 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 <laughs> get on the floor and get robbed and then get up and get robbed again. Yep. They have a whole routine for it. They just don't, nobody even bats an eye. So. Uh, what you find out eventually, and obviously if you've seen a trailer for this movie, you, you already know this, but what you find out eventually is that Guy is an NPC in a video game. And yep. so it's like this GTA-type video game where he works in a bank that, as we said, is constantly being robbed. And um, they refer to, inside the world of this game, the NPC characters refer to the actual players as, uh, was it Sunglass People? Yep, because yep. they all they all, have, they all wear sunglasses. Yep, they all have like the cool sunglasses. So, at one point during one of the robberies, guy decides to do it all differently, and he takes one of the the pairs of sunglasses, so he becomes aware of how his world actually functions. And uh, there is a a woman he keeps running across who is one of the sunglass people who he is, you know, outside of his normal. I guess we would call it his normal programming. He's attracted to her, so he starts kind of like following her around. Um, and as that goes on, he begins to find out that there's more going on here than he thought there was. Um, and yeah. then we get in, and then we get into the, I, I guess we can call it the human plot of this, where you know you see some stuff with the the video game company that makes this game, and you have Taika Waititi playing like a you know, I don't know my game developers, so I'm sure there's somebody this guy would follow. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, yeah I, would, um, I would like to add that the movie is very much like Tron, but a weird mix of uh, weird mix of uh, basically Skynet and uh, and uh, Ready Player One thrown in for good measure. Yeah, I maybe something else I'm missing, but uh, I think Milos yeah. will. Uh, I, I'd I, also like to add that every time he connects everything to Tron if he has anything to do with your video game and somebody manipulating things inside the video game. He's like, yeah. oh, this is like Tron reference. Well, it is the easiest reference to make. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but I still wouldn't I still wouldn't compare it. I, would, I wouldn't wouldn't want people to get confused. Yeah. Because uh, when you say confusing. Tron, especially when you go confusing. back to the OG Tron, it's just like, okay, there's certain elements but this really digs deeper into you have to go later on into the plot to figure out how the game whole game works the way the millie's characters oh, I remember and... yeah i'll remember yeah. the exact reference i was the analogy i was because i know there's something in there that i wanted to compare it to as a reference but it's slipping my mind because i've had a long day yep so but it'll come to me it'll come to me 
Right. So there's a whole thing about you know, three days. You have you have Taika Waititi as the head of this company, and he's hilarious, by the way. Yeah, he agreed. He should get more roles like this, and just you know, um, I mean. Well, this, if you watched if you watched his early work, like he he acts in a lot of his early movies. Mm-hmm. He's hilarious. He oh, I love uh, the movie version of What We Do in the Shadows. He was great. Um, well, that was the original. That was the original. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know that was first. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's like the head of this company, and then you, you meet one of the uh, programmers who's played by one of the Stranger Things kids, or he's on that somewhere. Um, and then... You, yeah, he's the older yeah, brother of the... Yeah, he's yeah, the he older looked, brother of the main He looked familiar from that. I couldn't remember who he was. I, it's been a couple of years since I watched that last. Um, and then you find out, you find the human equivalent of the, the female game character that Guy's been chasing around is one of the programmers who came up with the, with the, base, software, the base AI software that this yeah. game is using. Um, and she's trying to sue Taika Waititi because he stole it from them. And she's well, partnered. he actually bought it off of them. Oh, okay, because it sounded so like he, he basically bought it off of them, and then he misused it because uh, Millie and whatever his Stranger Things guy's name is, uh, Case Keys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Millie and Keys they created a base game where the AI is self-fulfilling, and then people just basically they enter the game. And they don't play, they watch as the game evolves, as the AI evolves. And okay. that's what he used in Free City or whatever the yep, free city. name of the game is called. Yep. Basically, okay, he so lied that. about not using the AI from the game he bought off of them. And, okay, so and, it was uh, more... Yeah, and stole from was... them that way. It was more that he didn't credit them for... Yeah, uh, that way they didn't have to pay them royalties. Okay, okay, because I, I yep. so it was like all about the money. I read that as he stole it from them, and then to kind of buy. Yeah, them he off. just bought it, hit the code, and then said, oh, "I didn't use it." So because okay. I and she was looking it. for the actual code in the game. Yep, which was really true. He did, in fact, steal from them. Yep, and I loved how, like, and obviously you do that in this kind of movie, but, like, how everything that they that they did, like, from a behind a computer screen had, like, some sort of physical representation in that world was pretty neat. And a lot of those, like, early hacker movies, like, struggle to make, have scenes where they're just sitting at keyboards and struggle to make them interesting. Um yeah. And everything in this movie, you know, everything they did in the real world had an immediate, uh, immediate component in the virtual game world. And it was really, I really, I mean, obviously this is more of a family film than what the kind of stuff that Reynolds has been doing lately. Oh yeah, and, especially because it's, I don't think it's R-rated and it's definitely like, there's no, I mean, apart from the violence and whatever. Yeah, at it's most not your it, usual. I think it was PG-13, probably. Yeah. I didn't look- Which it should be because, like, other than like explosions and whatever, you yeah. don't really have like a lot of, you know, what you would yeah. nu- usually see in Reynolds' R-rated movies. Yep, with language no- and nudity or no- whatever. There's no cursing. There's no reference. I mean, exactly. 
we were exactly. whether my we were debating in the Facebook group whether my six year old niece could see this movie. And I, I Yeah, and I would say yes. Yeah, like and I, maybe not six, you know, yeah. PG thirteen all, but like if they're above ten, I I'd I'd, I'd let them. Yeah. I think she I mean, they have her watching Marvel movies at six or seven and they just kinda yeah. tell her certain tell her certain things so that she doesn't freak out all the time. But uh yeah. But yeah, I re- I really did enjoy this. I I was uh, kind of skeptical um, going in because I didn't know because this was one of the the movies that Disney sort of inherited in the Fox buyout. So I wasn't sure if this was even something they would really give a shit about releasing. Um, yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, it was also those movies that kept being pushed back. It was due to COVID back stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was it was supposed to come out last Christmas. Yeah. Um, so it was. And then they pushed back. Then they pushed it back again because nobody knew what was happening with theaters and. And I actually thought it was going to be one of those things that would get released directly to Disney Plus. Um, but I'm I'm actually kind of glad they didn't do that. It's helped by the, it's actually helped by the big screen quite a bit. Um, oh yeah, I think it's only made for theatrical release. Like, yeah, I think there's exactly. certain movies that you just got to see in the theater just to get like the full experience of it. Yep. And I think this is one of those movies for sure. Just yep. get the whole general feel of the movie. Definitely better on the big ass screen. Yep. I, I definitely second that. And I didn't think this was going to be that, but it definitely was. And I was pleasantly surprised that my buddy and I went to see it at a theater um, because it was worth the, uh, it was worth the time to do it that way. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, i mean like i said at the beginning this was like definitely the one of the most unpaid movies for me yeah for the whole year even with all the marvel stuff that's coming out like it's still like marvel so you kind of know what's gonna happen or like most of it, you know you had yeah, like video coming out shang chi is coming out but like free guy was different and i think yep, you really got- did want to make something that's not just a copy paste of what everybody else is doing, but he to do something that's original. And yes, he did borrow yep. from other places, other stuff. Yep. But he did make a kick-ass movie for sure. Yep. What would we say about the uh, Ryan Reynolds' performances performance here? I mean, I definitely think he's become way more of a bigger star since Deadpool. Um, and I do think this was, as I said earlier, I I was a little skeptical of the fact that he wouldn't have the R-rated crutch here. Um, but at the same yeah, time... Yeah, because that's always something he can lean on. Yep. In more the other movies he does. He manages to make this character like he's, as I said, I believe I used this word earlier, he's earnest without coming off as annoying. Like, he's clearly annoying to the other characters to a degree, but the... The line well, you yeah, walk puts on, especially once he puts on the sunglasses. Yep. I the line you, the line you walk with this though is, does he become annoying to your audience? Um, and at least for me, he, you know, there's enough like, there's enough grounding there, or at least I understood that he's basically a new life form, and you know, it makes it made sense to me. Well, why basically, he's, he's evolving as the movie goes on. Yep. And it and it never it always made sense to me why he reacted to things in certain ways. It was never like, oh well, you know they're putting this in the script for the joke, which they clearly were, 
at times. Yeah. But at the, same, at the same time, it was like, yes, they're doing this for the joke, but it makes sense why this would go this way. Um, Basically, so I, I, I would, I think I'd say that his uh, reactions are genuine. Yeah, exactly. They're not forced. It's like it doesn't feel like they're trying to figure something out. It's not there or whatever, but it's yeah. like clearly it's genuine. Like he's, you know, when it's falling off the building or whatever, it's just like everything that's happened is genuine as far as like the reactions go. Yep. Um, yeah, and I think the uh, – oh, the, the idea too, there is some um, – kind of generated peril here in that as guy is figuring out you know how the world actually works and all that there is some uh there is kind of a ticking clock to this in that the, in the real world yeah yeah in the real world and that the software developer guy has developed a sequel to this game and once he reaches a certain point he's just going to pull the plug on it on the one that already exists so yeah, like, and basically everything gets erased. Yep. So then, guy's entire world is at risk, and like, and even that, like, there's a whole thing closer to the end where where the the Millie character played by Jodie Comer like tries to get him to like, uh, almost sort of lead a revolution of the other NPC characters, and he gives this speech about like, you know, this is the world I have, and and I want to protect it and that could have come off really 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 cheesy but oh yeah know, like he could go oh yeah yeah they had so much easiness potential in it it's crazy but he manages to he manages to play it in such a way where it's like yeah i get why he would you know even in yeah and i think i think i have to give props here to the security guard uh, mm-hmm. buddy or whatever his name is yeah because like he really does a good job, his character really does a good job of uh, basically anything that has like the cheesiness potential, he's there to kind of crush it, right? But just being because I think he's like an awkward character. Yep. And even as being as awkward as he is, like he really plays into the movie because whenever there's like a really cheesy moment, like he's there to make everything awkward, which really plays into the whole movie. Yeah, which I I mean I know he's that guy is played by some comedian. Uh I'm not yeah. all that I'm not all that familiar with his work, but he was good here. Um I've seen him in I've seen him in some other things where I could take or leave him, but for what he's there yeah, to do. Yeah, same. Same. For what, for what he's there to do, he's pretty solid. And I actually I actually credit the movie with the fact that cuz there's a big scene where when guy first gets the sunglasses and becomes aware of the world Mm-hmm. He wants to, he wants to give his friend that same experience, right? But the guy doesn't want. Yeah, it. yeah. He's like afraid of it. Yeah, um, he's kind of comfortable as where he's at at the moment. Yep, and I did like the fact that it didn't become this whole thing of like Ryan Reynolds trying to liberate everyone from this game world or whatever. Um, which yeah, is what I, I also had that fear for like that scene. I was like, wait, because like I'm gonna go. And try to like make everybody conscious of like what's going on. Yeah, I thought that's. I actually thought that's what the whole movie was gonna be. Like by the end of it, he was gonna have every single character in that game. Yeah, with sunglasses going around. Yeah, um, and there were things like the little things, like the 
the leveling up montage when he first encounters Jody Comer and becomes aware of what's going on there. She yeah, basically especially found- when she doesn't know that he's actually an NPC and everybody just thinks that he stole uh, another, he hacked the game and took an avatar of an NPC. Yep, and I did, I did like the fact that like she calls him out for basically being useless, and then he goes and and levels up. And from what I understand of the of the way those games work, as little as I played them, like you would just go and do like in real life in that situation, you would just go do like the the like most menial things ad nauseum to just get to a certain point, or you prey on people ben- below you in those games to do that where in this movie he decides, oh, I'm just going to go, like, uh, get old ladies' cats out of trees and, like, stop bank robberies and crap. And I think the subtext is, like, every human player in this game is supposed to be, like, a horrible human. And, like, his whole thing is that he's going he's gonna to get to that same point by being a good guy. Yeah, because basically you get points or, you know, you level up by doing, like, uh, grand, grand Theft Auto, like stealing, like killing pool, you know, robbing banks and whatever. And he's like, and it's actually like uh, Jody Comer's character who just says like, "Oh, you can be a good guy." Yeah. You get level up that way, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna be a good guy, and I'm gonna level up that way." And then he starts leveling up like super fast. Yeah, and there that were- get, gets everybody's attention. It's like, who's this like blue shirt guy? Yep, and I liked. Um, I'm I'm a huge Jeopardy person. I love the uh, Alex Trebek reference, even though it made me a little sad because he's been dead for uh, a while. Yeah, um, I actually I actually liked the whole uh, live stream thing that went on. Like, yeah, that with was the good. news and the live streams. Like to me, that was the fun part because I used to be big into MMORPGs and I kind of played these types of games before. Not so much anymore, but. Uh, you know, once you understand how they work, they're a lot of fun, and the references in this game, especially when it comes to the live streams, which I hate actually in real life. I actually liked in the movie. Yeah, and my but buddy, it's like, I think it's also a big part of that culture. So the fact that he implemented that into the movie really brought it to life more. I'm pretty sure this was directed by Sean Levy. Who did yeah, a, it couple, is. a couple of the couple of the Night of the Museum movies, I think. Um, it did. I don't know what else he's done. But no, he clearly did uh, he clearly did his research yeah. on how like gaming culture works to pull this movie off. because um, I never the my other concern is going into this and I'm well, not a stranger things. <laughs> oh really? Okay. <laughs> that uh, makes sense. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a huge gamer of that sort. Like I usually play like sports games and stuff, and don't really do a lot of the online shit. If I wanted to be told how much I was a loser by some twelve year old kid in Taiwan, I could probably find better ways to do it. Um, yeah, oh, trust me, the kids from Taiwan don't play with kids from US. Yeah, They're too smart for that. Right, but uh, I did think that this would end up being like this movie would end up being like what Disney thinks gamer culture is, but clearly they Levy or whoever Reynolds is probably a producer on this too. Clearly they did their work to make sure that stuff at least legitimate. 
rather than like I'd like to think that Ryan Reynolds actually had his fingers into this from yeah. the beginning. Probably just, did, he, and I'm probably thinking because like at this point with Deadpool movies, I think he collect enough chips, and he's probably like one of the most likable actors at this point. Yeah. I would assume and I think he collected enough chips to actually go like I want to do this movie my way, so just yeah. let me do this movie my way. And they were like, you know what? Okay. And the well, fact that everybody's like talking about not doing Free Guy too, yeah, just shows like you know, okay, he paid enough money to where like you want to make a sequel, make a sequel. Well, this is also another one that I think is going to get hurt by the money wise. I think this is another one that's going to get hurt by the whole pandemic scenario because i'm betting probably fox or disney or whoever actually needs this to make a lot more money than it's going to to uh to justify that sequel because it only made yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't want a sequel to this movie i I think it's perfect as it is yeah i feel like if you i feel like unless they can come up with some like completely not completely new concept but some spin on it that takes it far enough away from what this one was yeah hey john i actually just had an idea and this is tied to our other podcast that we're gonna do uh that we're gonna publish later remember that episode in deep space nine when uh, vic fontaine's hologram got the got that twist in it where they had to save him otherwise he would have been deleted forever Oh, do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or something, something like, like that. Yeah. Let's, let's not talk about that one. My wife hasn't no, seen No, 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 no. I'm just saying that as an example, man. Yep. And uh, we're all, we're almost to that one, actually. We're about <laughs> five episodes away from that. So, yeah. um, actually, yeah. if they did something like that for this, uh, for this concept, I yeah. think that would work. But otherwise, I just leave it alone. I mean, you could also like do the whole VR thing somehow, maybe, or, you know. I do. I don't think it really needs another one unless they have a great idea for it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, but I also I think at this idea. point, you're probably gonna get a second one just because it's marketable. Very much. Because it's everybody's talking about it. It's to, like currently it movie. Yep. So at this point, it justified a sequel to the point that there's gonna be a sequel. Yeah. Now it's just a matter of how much creative uh, liberty Disney's gonna give Ryan to make the sequel. Because knowing Ryan, I don't think he's gonna, he'll want to put out a movie that's just gonna be money grab. Yeah, no. So at this point, it really depends on whether Disney steps on it and be like, you know what, we just wanna throw as much stuff in it. Hopefully something sticks and we make money. Otherwise, like, whatever. And I don't think Ryan, Ryan will want to do that. I worry that Disney will turn it into an ad for their gaming division, basically. Yeah. But you know, that's I, why I, I said like it just really depends how much creative liberty they give Ryan into making, whether they just step yeah. in and see like we're gonna take over. Like you did a good job on the first one, we're gonna take over on this one. Yeah, at which point he'll probably be like, okay, well I don't need to do it then, and uh, exactly. you can get else. Yeah. Uh, Hey, I remembered. So uh, it's very much like the last action hero, but for the video games, not the movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that. There, yeah. I also will credit them with this movie where there wasn't. Milos and I were talking about earlier, Boris. I can't remember if you were if you. I was. Your I just had to. Yeah, I had problem. to refresh because my mic wasn't working. For yeah, but uh, we were talking about how you know there wasn't. 
the plot of this movie was not him trying to liberate everyone, right? Yep. I also I also credit them for not like somehow making him a human being at the end. Yes, like, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly that yeah. would, that would have been the easy out for this entire movie was you make him you make him a human being at the end and he dates Jody Comer and stuff and then everybody's happy, you know. Yeah. That or she been. moves into the game full time as the Molotov girl or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they do something like that. But I did like that it didn't. The do whole that. Mo- the whole ending of the movie is just like. Yeah. Yep. It was. Re- it was. Re- I. W- I right. also really loved uh, the the references at the end. I mean, they're pretty obvious, like the guy with a lightsaber and stuff. I mean, that, that was awesome. That was, yeah, that was like really fun. <laughs> um, no, those were things where I would bet that that's where Disney probably stepped in and said, Hey, well we can, you know, if we're involved, then you can do this, you know, maybe yeah, because all of a sudden you get like access to all the copyrighted material that you usually wouldn't have. Did you guys spot Hugh Jackman? Hmm? Did you guys spot Hugh Jackman in this movie? Yeah, he was the mass player that uh, like Molotov girl. Uh, she bought stuff off of him, I think. Yep, yep. You never see him, but yeah, I knew it was him. And like he had like uh, Rock was uh, the bank robber, and like even John Krasinski was in there. Okay, I missed the Rock. I'd have to go back and look at it again. He was the bank robber. One oh, of the okay. two bank robbers. Okay. And yeah. and I actually have to say I really liked uh, Channing Tatum in this one. Oh, he was great. I mean, it's a very right. small role. It's a very small role, but yeah. he he was funny as hell. Um, Definitely. The the whole thing where you know obviously he's supposed to be like a twenties ish kid in real life, and like the mom interrupts him at one point, and then you cut back to Channing Tatum standing in the virtual world, and he's like, "Mom." It's my special sock. If you go anywhere yeah. near your therapy for the rest of your life, like I was dying for during yeah, that. Yeah, that was like you know the whole you know it's like gamers are just living in the, with their moms in their basement. Yeah. Yep. No, and I mean it was just, really, and actually it was Tina Fey who played the mom. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so, I knew I knew the voice sounded familiar, but yeah. I couldn't. Um, I do think they managed to they managed to toe a line where they made all the standard like and i'm I'm just gonna put it this way because i can't think of any other way to put it they made all the standard like aren't gamers losers jokes but not in like a mean way where yeah it didn't feel like they were trying to attack their own audience almost like they they knew the audience for this movie would be gamers and they made those jokes they made those jokes because they could but it wasn't in such a way where you felt like the director was yelling at the audience going like, aren't you all shitheads? You know, like it, it acknowledged it, but didn't like make a big thing out of it. Um, which I give them a lot of credit. Yeah, they knew their, their audience. So like they had to keep it uh, realistic. So we're doing like, you know, the gamers are going to go, okay. Yeah. Like I can totally relate to most of the things, if not everything that happens in the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. They, they completely know what their audience is for this. 
and they they want to like at least acknowledge those things without openly insulting their audience. Uh, exactly. Which is very very smart on Disney or Fox's part, whoever was more involved in this or not. Um, yeah. Yep. So we talked about the sequel, the sequel possibilities. I do think, like you said, I do think they know there's an audience for this. It probably won't end up making what it should have, like if things were normal theater. Probably, yeah. In a normal environment, this movie would make, like, I don't know what the budget was for this one. Uh, I think you'll make that up. Yeah. Keep talking. So I'm pretty sure, like, if we were talking under normal circumstances, Mm -hmm. like, I think it would probably compare it to Deadpool, where, like, an 80 million uh, budget got you, like, what was it, like, three or anywhere I think between like 300 to 500 million, which is like for Hollywood, really good return. Yeah, this could have easily had like the, the 80 or $90 million opening. Like the, what black widow had now, like, I feel like it could have at least had that. Yeah. If I remember numbers correctly, I think jungle cruise pulled in like 92 mil on the, on the opening weekend. Yeah, the, I think that was if you counted uh, U.S. and if you okay. counted you counted U.S. and international together, I think that's what that's around what that was. Um, yeah, but you probably like look at domestic more than international, whereas we're gonna look at international yeah. more than domestic. Right. Well, the thing about, the thing about the difference there is that you know because of the the profit sharing agreements they have with different international theater chains. Yeah. The studios make more money off of domestic. So yeah, uh, definitely looks like and the, it depends like from country to country and continent the, to uh, continent as far as like international goes. From what I can find, the budget was somewhere between 100 and 125 million. So, okay. Um, the problem I could see, and it depends on what Disney's approach is going to be to, you know, I think the question with anything during all this pandemic stuff is, are they going to lower the bar for, okay, well, this made this amount of money in this environment. So therefore we can assume that if, you know, two or three years from now and everything's normal again, is this going to have enough of an audience to make, what it would have normally so like i'm pretty sure the opening weekend in the u.s for this was about 28 million which Mm -hmm. is you know i thought i was thrown off because i thought if black widow made 80 u.s in the opening weekend and this is a better movie than that and i actually think ryan reynolds is a bigger star than her Right now, I would completely agree on that. Then I thought this. I thought this was going to get at least to eighty again, but I, you know, with all the Delta variant stuff, who knows if that yeah. some people in some ways. And I'm not certainly. I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to get up and say, you know, go to theaters anyway, do whatever you're comfortable with. That's fine. But I mean, in this case, in this case, they didn't have the. Uh, with this one, they didn't have the bailout of, okay, well, whatever it makes in theaters, we can add 50 million to that. Cause it's going to make money off of Disney plus. Um, and this, I think actually would have been a smarter movie to put on there than like, I would Jungle, definitely agree. Dan Black like, Widow. Yeah. Cause I mean, Jungle Cruise was great on that. That was the first one of the, of the movies they've done 
that was the that have gotten the hyper release jungle cruise was the first one i actually paid for um and i would have paid for this if it, although i probably would have gone to this in the theater anyway um yeah. just but i did think like you said that the effects and everything were helped by the big screen but i feel like this given the audience that it's targeting would have done better if they put it out that way uh because i feel like the i feel like the average barring you know uh if you don't mind my asking me i have no idea how old you are um uh, 32 okay well, i'm gonna be 32 in like 10 days oh nice but, yeah. um so I feel like barring diehards like us who try to go to everything we can, um, the average age of people that are actually going to theaters right now is way higher. So I don't know if, you know, does your average... Well, when I look at, like, I don't know what it's like for you, but for, like, me, usually when I go to the theater, and like you said, I try to catch as much stuff there as I can. Yeah. Uh, especially if I think I'm always going to ask myself, like, okay, is this like big screen worthy? Because, like, it's oh, not yeah. just about a big screen, it's about like surround, like, sound system, or like, like, or can I just wa- wait for it to come out and then just watch it at home? Yeah. So I'm going to take that calculation, like, whenever I'm going to go to the movies. Yeah, that, that's but, like, when I go, there's usually not a lot of people. That's but definitely part of the. That's definitely part of the math for me with everything. Um, and when I look at like who else is there, it's usually like people my age. Yep. Or like late twenties, or everybody's like above forty. Yep, I think that's pretty much the the dichotomy most of the time. Um, so I think like, and that's like one of the reason why like streaming services are so big now, like so important to the movie industry. Mm-hmm. Because like all the younger people, they're rather gonna stay home and watch it on Disney Plus, Netflix, HBO, whatever, yep. than actually go to the movie theaters where it's gonna cost you to buy a ticket. It's gonna cost you extra if you want some popcorn and some pop or whatever. Like for yep. me, like they always offer me, even though everybody in the movie theater already knows me. I'm like, listen, if I buy pop and a pop, that's like an extra movie ticket that I'm not gonna have that I can buy next week right yeah and uh yeah i think that's part of the the really interesting one for me uh, to get into a little bit of uh pandemic cinema talk some more is what is shang chi gonna do because shang chi has no disney plus disney plus safety net they're not doing that with this one and with it later than theater I think they said, like, uh, I can't remember the number, but I think they mentioned, like, it's going to get a Disney Plus release. After, oh, no, like, it, it, it will, but they're not doing the hybrid thing for it. No, they're not doing, like, the, when you say hybrid, you mean comes out at the same time, right? Yes. Just basically, basically, what their plan is, I believe, is uh, theatrical release on September 3rd, 45 days in theaters. And then, and then uh, Disney Plus. And then Disney Plus. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see, like, what, you know, what a movie like that does with, uh, you know, it's obviously got the Marvel brand on it, but it doesn't yeah, have, but, but it doesn't have like the established character that, that, like Black Widow. You can argue, say whatever you will about 
that actual movie as a product, at least that had, you know, she was an established character. And Well, I'm going to say as far as Marvel goes, when you look at their, like, I'm going to probably mess something up here. But when you look at, like, the standard timeline of, not necessarily timeline, but when you look at the movies that tie into the Avengers, like, you had your Hulk, you had your Iron Man, you had your Captain America, then the Avengers came out. But everything that deviated from that, so starting probably with uh, basically Ant-Man and the Wasp, Boris isn't here, but he loves that movie. It's probably, like, his favorite Marvel movie. For me, like, what they did with Doctor Strange, like, because they didn't have the whole, oh, he's one of the Avengers, and we have to, like, immediately tie him into that. Like, they had, they could do, like, a separate storyline, if you understand what I'm trying to get at. Oh, yeah, no, like, I got Guardians of the Galaxy did the same thing, and they were managed to take the characters that you wouldn't necessarily look at and be like, oh, this is going to be, like, the best thing ever. And with the right casting, with the right directors and everything else that they did, they made those movies successful. Can you yep. guys hear I, me now? I kind of feel... Yeah, we have yeah, a mic problem yeah. still. And I kind of feel like okay. Shang-Chi is probably going to go into the same direction. Yeah. And we had the- a lot of, like, Asian... Come up Like yeah. Snake Eyes or being, like... Uh, and uh, Wu Assassin and I think that brought like the Asian cult closer to where like people kind of can grasp it more than before yeah, that's if China allows it has potential to be successful that's again pandemic released. and like the move, the theater attendance probably isn't going to be what Marvel would hope or what would be yeah uh, if even for the pandemic, but I think it's still like Shang-Chi can probably make, it's probably going to make more money than people realize. Yeah. Uh, even like you mentioned, there's no safety net with Disney plus like black widow had, but I think with a lot of people, we already know black widow. We saw her in so many movies, like she's always there. And I think partially everything that happened in Endgame kind of her story coming to the end there, there wasn't like as much as expectations of what her movie is going to be like. Shang-Chi, yeah. for a lot of people, is still unknown. Oh, yeah. And I'm I one of those her. people. So there's going to be like one of those, like, I just want to go and see what the whole thing is about. I would say and like you said, people. because there's like the 45-day difference between the theatrical and the Disney Plus release, I think a lot of people are going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to wait 45 days. 45 days is too long. Yeah. Way too long. And I heard everything you guys were saying. I don't know why my mic was cut off, but uh, Milos also uh, said Ant-Man. When it comes to Ant-Man, great reference to the free guy because the same guy made the movie, the music for uh, Ant-Man and free guy, uh, Christoph Beck. Oh, okay. Because cool. Ant-Man's theme is one of my favorites, so if not... Yeah, I like favorite. that one, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Was there anything else we wanted to hit about Free Guy before we break this off and start uh, yeah. up? Yeah, did you, did you guys love that cameo? And I'm not going to mention the name, but we kind of mentioned it already. That one cameo that lasted for one whole second. Oh, the, uh, the what the shit one? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, 
it was so quick that if you weren't looking for it, you might have even, you know. Like, I don't think you can miss it just because, like, at this point, everybody knows. Right. I mean, considering. Like when Ryan, yeah, it's like when he pulled the shield, he was like. Oh. Considering yeah. what he has in his hand when that hits, I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't get it, but. Yeah, um, how, especially when, like, he's dead, and then the next thing you see is him. So it's like, yeah. Like, yeah, you're the, not missing uh, that. Yeah, the few references yeah. at the end with Fox properties and Disney properties, like uh, the land before time dinosaurs and uh, the properties that you already guys mentioned that we're not going to mention again for people who might have not seen I the a, movie. I must have missed that that's where those dinosaurs were from. But okay. Yeah, one of them was called Milo. That's kind of how I got it because I couldn't remember whether land before time was Disney or Fox. So it must, must yeah. have been like they're like grown up versions or something. Corey, I says might be she mistaken. She loved those movies, or she did when she was a kid, at least. Uh, yeah. yeah, and there was like a bunch of them, like all 13, whatever. Like they, they went on. Of, they did a ton of direct to video on those, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, guys, good to glad to have the two of you on yeah. here. We're but just going to yeah, man, thanks for time. having us. Yep. Yeah, man, I'm just uh, going to mention one more thing. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, before I leave, because uh, the uh, one of the Lego movies, and I can't remember. I think it was the Batman movie. There was yep. a red versus blue reference there that nobody got except maybe a few people. And there was a bunch of Halo and red versus blue references in Free Guy that will go unnoticed except for the biggest fans. And I'm signing up. Nice. Okay, so we'll reconvene in a couple minutes then. Thanks for joining me, boys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Of course. Yep, yep.